Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Stuttering Springboard. Today's podcast focuses on being a parent of a child who stutters. Should you 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 treat them differently than your other children? How should you intervene? Should you do more? Listen as Brian speaks with Charlene and Rodney Wooded, along with Amy Sneeraz, who are who are who are who are who are parents of boys who stutter. Brian is both the interviewer and the interview in, interviewee in this a, a discussion, as he too has boys who stutter. This is a first in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a series of podcasts with parents of children who, who, who stutter. Our hope is to take some of the mystery and and start a broader discussion on the topic. Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome to the Stuttering Springboard, a podcast put on by the Nolan Stuttering Foundation that's focused on helping young people spring to the next level in life and educate the population on what it means to be a person who stutters and the experiences that they have. Today, I have three special guests. I have Charlene and Rodney Witted and Amy Snyris. Uh, Charlene and Rodney are the parents of an 11-year-old boy, Christian, who stutters. I understand uh, Rodney stutters also, like I do. So this should be a great conversation. Um, Amy is uh, the parent of a 16-year-old sophomore. And uh, Charlene, Rodney, Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thank you, this podcast is uh, it's emotional for me. Um, as I'm, I'm a person who stutters um, and a parent of two boys who stutter. Um, one more, more sort of severely. In that regard, I'll, I'll run it a little bit, a little bit differently. I'll invite you to interview me at times, um, and we'll make it a, a call. I, I typically have a very, uh, very sort of formal outline, like the one I sent you, and mm-hmm. Joe Donaher wanted me to not do that tonight, so I think I broke that rule. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast uh, is so important that. I'm hoping that this gets out to thousands of parents who are looking for guidance and a discussion um, for how to be a parent of a child who stutters because we want our our children to be happy and um, our thought is they're stuttering so they're not happy. Uh, Maybe a myth will maybe investigate a little bit. Uh, First, let's learn a little bit about the families here. Amy, Rodney, can you share, um, sorry, uh, Amy, not Rodney, (laughs) Amy, can you share a a little bit about Jake and your family? 
Sure. Um, Jake is the middle child. Um, our oldest is 20, um, a boy, non-stutterer. Uh, Jake is 16. He's a person who stutters. And we have a seven-year-old daughter. So we're kind of all over um, the gamut. Um, Jake is, I say, is my most incredible child. God gives you one. Um, and um, he started stuttering, I noticed, around three, the age of three. And um, I you know, looking all over for private therapies and, and, and how am I going to help him? And they, and I'll be honest, they said, if you stop stuttering, you know, I think by five or something, I was told, you know, it wouldn't carry throughout his life. And when he was five, I remembered at that time, just thinking, wow, he, you know, this is going to be his life. Um, but he's an incredible, I think his stuttering adds to who he is as a person, um, cause he's incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, I have one child who stutters and nobody else in our family stutters. Interesting. You know, I, I do think, uh, I mean, he wouldn't be him if he didn't stutter, he'd be someone else, uh, which, I agree. Totally. you know what I mean? You know, the older you get, the more you learn yes. about that, you know, yeah. uh, thanks, Amy, Charlene, Rodney, tell us about your family and Christian. So Christian is an only child. Um, he is also amazing, like the best kid that anyone could ever meet. Um, he is 11 years old. He's in sixth grade. Sixth grade. I'm like, what grade is he in? <laughs> He's in sixth grade. Um, he has a huge heart. He huge heart. helps everyone extremely emotional, but it's a good way. Wants to help the world, help animals, just... Everything, everywhere he goes, people praising, always want him around. Uh, he see kids who are having difficult times. He goes out of his way to help them, welcome them. He is truly like a blessing. Yeah. So I, he's our extraordinary child, yeah. and not to be just a proud father, but I we literally get compliments for him daily yeah. yes. on how well he is, how he interacts, how he helps people be, and we do identify that his stuttering makes him who he is. Nice. Um, you don't change anything. That's something I learned more importantly. Um, I was embarrassed by my stuttering, but he embraces it. It doesn't seem like a crutch or anything for him. It's wonderful. And and like Jake, Chris, I noticed his stutter around three years old also, because like my husband stutters. So I was probably a little bit more in tune, but um, I noticed around three years old, he was having difficulty getting some words out. So just like Jake, we we went through um, the L1Cs program. We went through different stuttering programs and um, it just wasn't changing at all. So we kind of had literally a year process of trying to get an evaluation through CHOP is how I ended up meeting Dr. Donahue and going from there. But he's a great kid. And like, like you said, it makes him and I can't imagine him differently. Do you Run. think ahead, the Amy. stutter, I mean, I was going to say, Brian, do you think the stutter makes you more empathetic? I feel like Jake is more empathetic and is more aware of others, like how you describe Christian, because of his stutter. Like he goes out of his way to help people. He's aware of when, you know, somebody might, you know, he, he senses things differently. Do you think, Brian, that's because of the stutter? Yes, no question about it. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a guest recently and, um, when, when we walk into 
a room, um, we literally have antennas out everywhere. And Chris Anderson, the author, calls it a stuttering lens. The stuttering lens has this lens. So we, we have an awareness, I think. I'm going to call it a superpower now because everybody has a superpower. Oh. And so, so we're really empathetic for anybody who's going through hard times in general because we've gone through a lot of hard times. Um, not many stutterers haven't been bullied at some sort or teased at some sort. And all of us can tell a story about it. Um, so I do believe that, Amy. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, I, um, I believe it too. That is a superpower you had. Um, you know, my two boys, uh, Jack and Colin, um, you may have seen Jack at um, one of our, uh, you know, earlier presentations and, and such. Uh, Jack is 25. Um, Jack will do the introduction to each podcast, so you'll hear him. Um, so recorded, dubbed over on top of this recording. Colin is, um, Colin's 31, um, and Colin works in my business, in my consulting firm, and um, Colin has not, not let stuttering stop him at all. He's a pretty persistent person like his mom, so uh, there was never going to be something, something that would stop him, though he's not ready to run back towards it and talk about it much, just not like I wasn't until I was almost 50. I, I just turned 60. And now it's sort of my second mountain in life. Cause I, I feel like, you know, in part, like I, I was probably, I probably stutter because God knew I could come back and help other people who stutter. Yeah, how about that. You know what I mean? Like here's a person who, who can, who, who can, you know, develop, you know, the empathy, but, and so anyway, uh, can you share maybe your approach to parenting? You know, Amy, so you've got three children. Um, do you do you parent them all the same or do you do you parent Jake maybe differently? It depends on the day of the week um, and who's doing what. But I I will say I definitely parent Jake differently because I feel like I need to advocate for him more. Um, and you know, my old, there was a time when his older brother, um, my older son was probably 13. Jake was probably nine and he's going through it at nine. You know, he's, you know, um, maybe bullied a little bit, you know, kids are giving him a hard time in school and my older son, you know, would say like, you know, Jake, you know, you parent Jake differently. He gets away with a lot of stuff, you know, um, and at the time I had to sit back and look at that. Um, I, I did parent Jake differently. I mean, anytime Jake was starting a new grade, boom, email all his teachers, just want, you know, Jake's a person who stutters when he's in class. So he's talking, you know, you're not caught off guard. Um, I do a lot of advocating with him. Um, Jake's a phenomenal basketball player. I don't just say that cause he's my son, but he's, a, he's pretty decent. And, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, coaches, anything. I mean, I'm always advocating for Jake. Um, and I do give him a little bit of probably um, a pass sometimes because mm. he battles so much, I feel like, outside of the home that inside the home, you know, 
safely. I, I want to make it a little bit easier for him. Yeah. I want to make it. Um, so at any rate, I mean, you know, he doesn't get, but he's not a disrespectful child either. You know, he's, he's a pretty good kid, which I think comes from his empathy and, mm. and things like that. But I, I will admit I parent Jake differently. Huh. <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm, I'm one of seven. Um, and I, I have a twin brother, um, and my twin, um, my twin, uh, had had a little stutter, and then he stopped, and I didn't. Um, so uh, I I always felt though that um, my mom never yelled at me. Uh, she yelled at my, at my older brother a lot. Uh, he did a lot wrong, but I I I was sort of the one my mom almost similarly uh, did not. And uh, so I'm, I I sort of reflect on my own uh, parenting approach. Um, having two of my three, I have a daughter also, Molly, who's 30, 33 years old. Um, and uh, I think my parenting approach probably came from my dad, who was really um, based on on values. And um, I expect great things from your son. I expect great things from your son. Uh, so, so we'll get into some things later, a little later. I, you know, I tried to always fix Jack. You know, I wanted to fix him wanted to fix them and I'm not sure that that's that's the best solution um so so Charlene Rodney do you do you have a, a particular parenting approach <laughs> well I feel the same in that I um give him some passes I advocate strongly and Chris is also a very big kid for his age. So at 10 years old, he was wearing a men's size nine, men's medium clothes. So people think he's older. So from that point already, I have to like say, okay, remember he has a 10 year old brain, like stop expecting so much from him. So I always advocate from that aspect. And then the fact that I know he may stutter, you know, I have to tell people, all right, back off, let him talk. You know, let him get it out. He, you don't have to finish his sentences. So same. And 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 I don't know. He's such a good kid. I don't know if in the house we have to. There's different. And I look at it as I expect exceptional things from Christian. We expect it, um, right? I don't, I don't want him to ever use that as a crutch. Right. It's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the way I was raised. Right. Um, I don't think my parents, my mother didn't stutter. My father had difficulties with speech, but I think it was because of his low education level. Um. But it was never an excuse that we couldn't use that. Like, all right, I something wrong, so you can't do well in life. Right. So that's why I always let Chris know, no matter what, you're different, but you're unique in your own way, and you can do anything. And I always had these affirmations with him that he can do anything. Don't let nothing stop you. And if you do find a barrier, talk to us about it. We all can get through it together. So right. I'm, I'm a little more stern on Christian than, than I am. Yeah. <laughs> what if I tell you, told you that? I wish I hadn't had a pass. I wish I hadn't given my my mm. two boys so many passes. Uh, it's a it's a counter instinctive mm. parenting situation. Uh, I I gave my my son Jack a pass this week. We were at a car dealership and um, he's having problems with with his car, and I felt like I needed to jump in, and I did jump in, and I'm questioning myself uh whether i should have jumped in or just let him experience okay. that 
Uh, did you ever order for your kids? Order food Always. for your kid? Always. We I ordered no. Jake's food. We did all the time. <laughs> we did not. We pushed yeah. him and say, you can do this. And we gave him ample time. Yeah. And that's something my wife has always been big on. And I always kind of question it because when we go out, she orders, she just jumps in there. But for Christian, she's like, Chris, tell him what you want, speak up. So just like we yeah. get him familiar with the way he speaks. And it's fine. Like it's not, not a problem. Nobody never questions you for whatever reason. He's never that we see been targeted because he talks differently mm -hmm. and stutters. Right. So we want to let him know like everyone is unique in this world. That's your gift. So embrace it. Don't, don't, don't hide. Same thing with his size. He's a larger kid. So I always try to get him not to make himself smaller so he could be accepted. Be who you are no matter what. That's great. I would order Jake's food up until um, I met Dr. Joe. Jake was probably six when we started seeing Dr. Joe, um, maybe seven, uh, like first grade. It was really early on when I found him. And um, Joe said, you got to stop, you know? And I mean, he really helped me with a lot of that. So then we would do challenges and some of Jake's challenges would be going out and ordering on his own. But up until probably second or third grade, I would order everything for him until Jake said he's, or Dr. Joe would tell me, you know, he's got to do it on his own. Um, and then they became challenges and, you know, he, it's, I think it's confidence too, maybe. And I was probably, I will admit as a parent, I was probably adding to his anxiety ordering for him. Like I'll do it for you, Jake. Mm -hmm. um, I needed to stop that. I needed to really let him do it on his own. It's hard, you know, because you oh, you want to you want to save them. You want to so save hard. them from the world. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It is yeah. so hard, and it's yeah. um, particularly, I say particularly, but from a person like me who stutters to, who has been through those experiences to then see your son go through that experience, you're like, oh, did I cause this? You know, you start, you know. Um, fortunately, my kids never harbored any sort of bad feelings I you know what did you give me dad is passed passed down one of the podcasts that we did was with uh Dr. Ingo Dr. Dr. Ing Ingo Helbig I'll encourage you to go back and listen to it where he talks about the DNA and the um hereditary nature of stuttering um so uh you know uh do you guys know about the iceberg effect of stuttering or the iceberg yeah what do you know about it amy um you know it's um it there's the iceberg right and what do you see above the water right you just see the physical things like jake had secondary ticks for a point there with the stuttering um but i think under that for him not so much now because we have worked on it for a decade i think there was a lot of shame um, I think there was a lot of shame associated with the stuttering almost, um, you know, he felt bad about it. And this is early on. I mean, mind you, we've had a decade of, of therapy, um, but is that kind of what it is? Like what you don't see underneath the stuttering? Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. The, yeah, Rodney, you may know this, please share. Just the baggage you, you carry. And, and that's what I would say. That was, that was my biggest, um, I just, became familiar within minutes of the iceberg analogy, but that hit home to me because that's what, really what it was. But for me, it was, I knew the difficulties I had. I, I hated being teased, targeted, singled out in school. That bothered me. So I didn't want that to be Chris. So I wanted him just to embrace it earlier. 
Whereas yeah. though my thing was, I was quiet as a child. I was, I didn't want to talk. I, I don't want my son to be silent. So yeah. we and, did. And I think for us, like when you go back to the parenting approach, I think we try to address it as this is the elephant in the room. You should bring it up before somebody else brings it up. And you, you gain control of the situation. Totally. So I think that's how we've always approached it with him. But you also had a good point, and I agree with it. I blame myself, but I haven't shit my wife. When I realized that Chris stuttered, I felt guilty. I'm like, he got that directly from me. And that, that that bothered me, but it's like I had to address it. The more I learned about it, the more comfortable I became myself. Um, I, I had jobs where I'm in leadership role, I had to speak to people, and I always struggled with that. But now it's like, I, I can embrace it a lot easier now. It's just part of who I am, and nobody says nothing to me about it. Really, I, I make it a bigger issue than other people. That's really what it is. And um, that's why I, I, I recommend you guys look at the, the book by uh, Chris Anderson, Every Waking Moment, because he, he has a whole section on the iceberg. And I know Joe talks about it a lot. Um, and then, so doc, Dr. Helbig talks about it's stuttering is actually, it's a neurological disability um, that is exacerbated by fear and anxiety. Um, and what ends up happening is the under the iceberg part, the anxiety, the shame, the fear um, becomes bigger than the stutter itself and starts to define us. And then we avoid situations. We avoid them like the plague. And then the more you avoid, um, the more fear you have. And you will never actually do it because now it's bigger than it was. And so that's why Joe Adonaher's approach, which is hard on a stutter at first is the way, you know, um, we'll talk a little bit about speech therapy, but, you know, Rodney, did you go to a speech therapy as a kid? Never. Did not. Okay. And, and Ryan, I always thought my husband still stuttered because he never went to speech therapy. It was not until I met Dr. Donner that I realized he would have still stuttered. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably, he's probably more fluent because he didn't go to speech therapy. Possibly. Yeah, because I, I don't have a lot of the stereotypes. Yeah. So I'm learning this stuff and it's interesting because it goes against a lot of stuff I was told growing up. Yeah. Like, slow down, take yeah. your time, think Breathe. about what you're saying. Yeah. It is things. like everybody is different. No matter what you do, I can slow down. I'm still going to stutter. I'm going to fit a lot slower. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the tools are important, um, but the tools are like secondary in terms of managing your stutter or maybe i'll better say managing your happiness and um i'm i'm sure all all three of you at, at some point how can we fix it how can we make him make him fluent you know 100 fluency how can we do that can who can do that right um that's where we were with it you know one of the stories if i could go back uh to my son's senior year in high school um I had, I had found a, a fair degree of fluency. I speak in public in front of people. So, and I vision success. And I, I always believe, you know, if you think you can or can't, you're probably right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do a lot of, a lot of visioning. And as, as, a, as a person who stutters, Rodney, you can relate. You probably vision things going wrong. So it does, mm -hmm. right? You're like, I'm going to go up. I can't order a caramel frappuccino. So I won't. So I'll, yeah, order, I'll get a black coffee. I'll get a black coffee. <laughs> Yeah, you walk away with something you don't yeah. want, and, <laughs> and then you have more shame. And 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 exactly. um, so um, anyway, I, I forget where I, I was going because that that probably just jarred it jarred lots of of 
memories, the, the lack of avoidance, um, um, avoidance reduction therapy seems to be uh, one of the most effective methods to, first of all, hit what's below the iceberg. And uh, also, we all hide it. I mean, did you, did you hide it, Rodney, as a kid? Did you, like, you didn't want anybody to know about it? That's why I, I, I thought I was quiet as a child. Right. For that, because I got tired of my parents always be like, slow down, take your time, man. or spit it out, taking so long. So I just wouldn't right. say anything. Right. Right. And and Rodney has has um voiced to me before that he never wanted Chris to feel like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why we have from early on been so patient with him. We never wanted him to mute himself. Like you you have a voice, you need to use it no matter how your words come out. So I think that's why we used our did our parenting style like we did. Definitely, yeah, because I, I know how that made me feel, but I also know now as an adult and the importance of speaking up. It's mm -hmm. not always for yourself, and that's a big part of who Chris is. A lot of Chris speaking up, stutter or not, is when he's speaking up for his friends. He advocates for everyone, mm -hmm. everywhere he goes. So nice. I don't want you to have somebody miss opportunity or you miss opportunity because you couldn't get it out. And that's what I share with Chris, that I missed opportunities by not speaking. Nice, so. nice. We actually, we have like a um, saying that we use that the seed you plant today may not, you may not benefit from its fruit, mm -hmm. but somebody else will get its fruit and its shade later on in life. So we try to like encourage, speak, speak. It might not help you, but it may help somebody else. Yeah. Do, want to benefit. Do you guys, do you guys talk about stuttering much in the family? Directly, only a, maybe immediately after his appointments. But outside that, we don't give it much attention. Mm -hmm. how, how about you, Amy? We um, would talk about it a lot. Um, like I said, we met Joe when Jake was about six. Um, we'd go to CHOP once a week. Um, we'd come home with homework. You know, there was a lot of time put into... Um, the therapy, you know, and Joe's approach, because before we met Joe, we were going to people who would say like, well, just breathe, right. turtle, right. Do, do turtle right. speech. And Joe's sure. like, Joe's like, he's not blue. He knows how to breathe. Why are they <laughs> right. telling you that? You know, Joe, um, but we, we right. would talk about it a lot. Um, and I still will ask Jake, cause you know, stuttering's like this dragon it, like Jake will be going along and then all of a sudden it rears its head and then his mm. speech pattern will be okay. So Jake goes up and down with it. Um, we, I'll ask him sometimes, like, how are you feeling about your stuttering? You know, um, and he'll always come back and be like, mom, everybody knows I stutter. It's who I am. And I'm like, okay, you just want to make sure, you know, as he goes through transitions or, you know, he goes to a new school or um, starts a new team, you know, I'll ask him about it. And, um, you know, I just want to make sure he's comfortable with it. We don't talk as much about it. He stopped seeing Joe weekly right before the pandemic. You know, since the pandemic, we don't, we haven't gone back weekly, but we haven't really talked about it as much as we did then. Right. Um, now, you know, he's getting older. Um, you know, we don't, we don't do the challenges. We don't have homework on it. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different now, but when he was younger, I wanted to talk about it because I didn't want it to be the elephant in the room. Yeah. I wanted yeah. him to know it's okay. And yeah. I, you know, I would, I sometimes called it his, you know, it, it was his gift almost like you call mm -hmm. it your superpower. 
I would say sometimes like it's his gift. So we yeah. would we would talk about it a lot. But again, he's 16 now. He wants to talk about girls and basketball. He doesn't want to talk about stuff. Oh, you're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't talk about it growing up. Um, and I, you know, Ronnie, like you, I, I if I didn't talk, I didn't stutter. So I and then I had a twin. Uh, and so it was pretty easy for my twin to be my voice at times. But it turns out I'm an extrovert. Go figure. Uh, I, I was just did a pretty good job of pretending not to be. Um, then I went to college, and so that's when my world sort of opened up because we went to different colleges. Um, so that's an experience. Um, I, I, I just I just remember kind of an important thing that I had lost my thought on, but I got it back. Um, this concept of fixing your children and getting getting fluency. Um, so if I could go back in time to when my, my son was a senior in high school, uh, considering college, um, I, I decided I was going to be his therapist and I could, I could get, him, get him fluent. Um, and so we, uh, down in the basement, um, probably four or five nights a week, practice videotaping. And um, boy, I got him really good. He, all of a sudden, he could talk really good, only it wasn't real. It was just in a sort of controlled in, environment. And, um, you know, I, did, I didn't counsel Joe with Joe at the time, and I, I wish I, I could go back. And what I, I would say is, um, I liked, Amy, how you, you would ask Jake how he's doing. Um, and, and therapy, as they get older, has to be a decision that they make that they want when they're ready. And ultimately, uh, um, as a parent, they say you're only as happy as your saddest child. Um, so really finding out how you can, you know, and making sure that they know what's available to them. Um, but the, you know, the uh, speech therapy in school is just brutal. I mean, I, I, I won't go down that way. I, I am going to get a speech therapy therapist other than Joe and get a school therapist on a podcast and have a conversation yeah that it, it, it's funny that you talk about this because chris has speech therapy in school today and he told me he's like mom i don't want to go to therapy he yeah. avoided it last week because he doesn't like the way her approach yeah and it's totally different it's than totally his different than his approach at yeah totally different. Yeah, i mean like it the it blows my mind, you guys, um, how different it actually is and needs to be. It blows my mind, having been through hours and hours and hours and hours, and then putting my sons through hours and hours and hours of therapy that that um, wasn't goal-focused. It was just, well, homework. Say say these words over, over and over again, right, and come back, and then you, you would tear up the paper as you're walking out. I'm not going to do that. Um, uh, and then you're getting called out, out in class, you know, Brian Nolan. I mean, is there anything more uh, embarrassing as a 12 year old boy uh, than having Mrs. Worman knocking the door and everybody knows Brian's going? I mean, oh my Lord, now you're really hitting my below the iceberg. Now I've got shame galore. So of course I'm going to stutter. And oh, so it's crazy. So I'm, I'm on, a, I'm on a, a big time kick to uh, get avoidance reduction therapy uh, as a more significant uh, therapy that is used as mainstream in schools because it's not. 
that'll be helpful. That would be great. I think the school therapists are stutter. Like when you Special. stutter, it's a different type of disorder than, you know, some people might go to speech therapy for, right? Like maybe you can't say your R's, your S's. Stuttering sure. to me is a different type of a speech. And I'm, you know, I don't want to use the word disability, but that's what the school, you know, says it is. So it's a different type of speech disorder. Um, and the schools don't have anybody who, you know, knows the avoidance therapy, right? They're just, you know, Jake was in with three other kids. None of them were stutterers. And I'm like, well, what is he doing here? Um, the only reason he kept going was because he is an IEP. So I got free insurance so I could see Joe, you know, through the state because uh, your regular health insurance doesn't, your regular health insurance doesn't pay for stuttering. At least mine didn't. So I had to get Jake an IEP. I had to get state insurance and then I could see Joe. It was like this whole process. Um, so he has his IEP in school. So instead of him having to be pulled out of class, the I worked out with the therapist, she goes into his class and just observes him just so I can keep the services. But the school therapist doesn't know. Right. They don't, they're, not they're not trained in stuttering. They're not educated because there's actually a lot of covert stutterers. There's a lot yeah. of covert stutterers that manage to get, get through life. I mean, you don't talk about it at your doctor's office, right? You go right. see a doctor. They don't, you know, uh, but if you have maybe AD, ADD or anxiety disorder, that might get talked about. Um, yeah. So there's a lot. So we're trying to get this study going so we can understand the uh, genetic yes. uh, uh, cause. And I, actually, we do want to call it a disability. We do want to call it a, a disorder, I guess I should say, because we don't want to be just called nervous and weak. And, and such. I mean, I, I say to people, is there anything weak about me? Uh, you know what I mean? There's no way. But th some people think, you know, slow down and take your time and you'll be fine, right? But it's actually, there's, there's actually some neurological misfiring happening that uh, now we can call something. Now we don't feel like, like we did something wrong or anything like that. And I'm there's just not enough and, discussion around yeah. stuttering. And, and and Amy, when you were saying about um, stuttering is a different speech um, disorder, I think starting there, if people could start thinking of stuttering as a neurologic disorder, not a speech disorder, then we could address it. So Thank you. the study, the study that you're referring to, our family is actually a participant, and we're trying to figure out genes because yeah, we did that with good. the uh, with chop, and you yes. sent the tubes back. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if we can figure out a gene, right. then we can start somewhere to to get the ball rolling, so that the whole concept and thought process around the world can change. That's and, exactly and, and, right. And approach it differently. That's mm -hmm. that's exactly right. Thank you, and. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, public education to make this happen, um, which is why I'm pushing the podcast. I, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got so much work to do in terms of starting a website and a Facebook page to get these podcasts out there. And, and uh, everybody should hear uh, Dr. Ingo's podcast that he did with me, and you'll get a sense. He stutters. Did you guys meet him, by the way, Dr. Helberg? Yeah. You did via, via the um Zoom. I think we did a, a we call. had a Zoom with him. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. What 
what do you want to know about stuttering? What, what questions do you have about it? I mean, I think when Jake was younger, I had a lot of questions because nobody stuttered. Like my husband didn't stutter. Um, my mom did have a sister who stuttered, but I, you know, we, we don't really know if, you know, there's any neurological, you know, connection there or gene connection. Um, you know, I had a lot of questions when Jake was, was younger. Um, you know, and I think it was more fear-based because I didn't know, you know, but once I started, um, you know, there's, there's the friends group, you know, once I started immersing myself with other families, um, bringing Jake to Dr. Joe's camps, like really, you know, making sure he was seeing and other kids out there who were people who stutter, right? Because none of his friends stuttered. So once we started connecting with the community of people, you know, that really answered a lot of questions. And, um, you know, I, I actually thought at one point, like, well, how's Jake going to get a job? Well, how's, how's he, how's he ever going to live a lot? Right. Cause I, I don't know this. I don't know anybody who stutters. I'm a new mom. And now I look back and I laugh on that. And I think, man, you know, he's going to be fine. You know, he's going um, to be absolutely fine. He's going to go to college. He's going to do all these things. He's going to have a job, you know, and for somebody who stutters, Jake doesn't stop talking. So you know, it's, it's, I don't know about Christian, but like, sometimes I'm like, Jake, you know, sometimes I'm like, Jake, please, you know, <laughs> he, you know, he just doesn't stop talking. I'm like, what are we talking about now? You know, like, <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting dynamic because Chris talks my wife to death. Oh my goodness. And mm -hmm. I got to pull everything out of them. But the deeper side of that is I, I realize I feel as though Chris stutters a lot more when he talks to me. And I think it's my presence right. makes him nervous. Sure. So I, I do recognize nerves are a big part of it because I would stutter when I had to do a presentation or talk to a large group. It would, it would rear his head. But um, and for Christian, when like right now he's playing a video game, he barely, so if you hear anything, you, you're shocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he, Chris, come here, tell me about your day. And it takes a while to go through it. And I think it's the nerve. One, he got to think about what he has to tell us. And then it's, I'm talking with my parents. I got to, we always, we always try to refer. It's like, it's fine. Just, just talk. No problem. Right. You don't make any faces or tell them, hurry up. Just let them go through his, his process. Yeah. And that's how it always is. And, and again, that, that fear I had, like you were all growing up, like he's going to have all these issues. No, he, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. It's going to actually be better than fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At the Absolutely. end of the day. He deals with adversity better than most kids his age already. So totally, totally. I mean, just just an awareness of of human behavior and the other parts of the brain that will light up, um, yes. uh, because of it. Um, you know, I mean, I, let's just talk about what, what we want some other parents listening to this to know. What I I, I want parents to know um, is that um, we don't want to be treated specially. Um, that because we are. Um, and the shame that we have stuttering, um, actually dominates our world as a young boy. I mean, it, um, I literally thought of thinking about stuttering every minute of every hour of every day. And how do we get to a point where stuttering is just a thing and everybody's got a thing, everybody's got something. And, yeah. um, but it was this big secret, uh, in my house that everybody knew about 
and that's uh, it's interesting how to get change the perception of what it is, you know. So, um, what do you want parents to to know, Amy? Um, you know, stuttering is Jake's gift. Um, it makes him who he is. Um, your child's going to be okay. Um, your child is going to do all the normal things that every other child does. He's going to have, or she is going to have friends. You know, they're, they're going to want a first date. They're going to go to prom. You know, they're going to have a job, right? I mean, it's going to be okay. I wish I had, you know, back when Jake was younger, the awareness I have today that, you know, and here's the thing when I accepted that Jake is always going to stutter man, it got a lot easier when I was trying to fix him. Yeah. Right. Cause I was trying to fix him in those early years. That was hard on me. It was hard on him. But once I accepted it, it just, it, it, it became, it was, a you know, it, it became, it took the elephant out of the room. Yeah, tremendous. You know, once I accepted, you know, he's a stutter, he's always going to stutter yeah. and that's okay. You know, yeah. he's going to have all life's experience. He's going to get a job. He's going to do all these things. Like when I heard Rodney talk about giving, you know, a presentation and leadership and things like that, you know, you're not precluded from any of that because you're a person who stutters, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so I just, I, I want parents to know, you know, your child's going to be okay. If I could give any advice, it would be to um, really in the teenagers, you know, have your child, you know, around other children who stutter. Cause I think for Jake, that made such a difference when he started going to Dr. Joe's camps, he would build relationships. There's a whole world out there. So I would just say your child's going to be okay. Once you accept it, it gets better. And, you know, make sure your child understands there are, are other people out there like him or her who do stutter. That, that was awesome. Thank you for that really, share. Because I, really, yeah. I, I took something away from that. When he becomes a teenager, how I will be. Like, yeah. That was amazing. And what I, what I agree with is the fact having around other people who stutter, growing up myself, um, it wasn't a community for us to talk to. So you always seem like you stood out. And that's what made it. It's a learned fear. Because you stood out for a reason that you're, you're not proud of. You, you kind of start being shy. You shrink yourself. You don't want to be. You don't want nobody to put you on the spot. You don't have a reason to talk. But now, again, because Chris goes to these camps and he's ordered therapy, he see people who stutter, and he's met so many people who stutter. Um, it's not a fear for him. I really, I really don't get no sense that he's uncomfortable with changing something or anything because he knows about people who succeed within his own family, within the people he meet everywhere. And that, that makes a big difference. It's a learned fear, I believe. Like it, 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 it is learned. The, the fear, you know, the fear gets our, worse our and worse. The yeah, fear gets worse and worse because we don't know. We didn't know any better. That's all yeah. coming from. So, and and I would agree with Amy that your child, to so any parent that's watching, your child will be perfectly fine. And same for me when I was able to accept that Chris is a stutterer. He's going to stutter, but I also had to learn it myself. Like I didn't even know <laughs> that this was going to be our life. But once I learned it and I accepted it, everything got so much easier. Chris had already accepted it. I had to accept it because I'm trying to save him from the world. Your child is going to be fine. You mm -hmm. don't have to save him from the world. There's bigger fish to fry and let your child help you fry that fish. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my biggest fear is that, um, that the kids uh, won't pursue 
something that they really want to pursue because they stutter. Yes, and, cool. and so um, make sure they're not on the sidelines watching uh, that they, they jump in. And if you really want to help, um, then um, inspire them to uh, do, do the uncomfortable. Yes. And, and to, you know, the other thing I, I want to say is, so we're doing a, another workshop um, in May. Uh, you would have gotten to save the day. The so that, okay. Yeah. So next week we're going to send out a Evite. It's just a day long at six hours. Uh, Rodney, as a person who stutters and an adult who stutters, I would love for you to come also. Um, it's a Saturday and uh, we're right. going to have a, adults um, who stutter talk about transitions in their life because that's when it gets harder when you when you transition oh my goodness from eighth grade to high school for me can I tell you like how tough that was <laughs> um, I went I went from a public high school I mean uh, school public school into a Catholic high school where um, they all came from three other feeder schools not the school that I came from so I knew no one except my brother Michael and um uh, it was so and then do I go to college uh, and then I'm in college what's going to be like what job can I take and what job can I I think I've told you guys in the past my dad thought I should be a computer programmer because um, you don't have to use your voice that much it's brutal I mean I'm like yeah. computer programming are you kidding me that's dull there's no interaction <laughs> so uh, so those are just things so I invite uh, you guys uh, Jake and Chris to come on 20th of May. Okay. Um, it'll be in my offices in Ardmore. Okay. Again, okay. Joe's, you know, mm -hmm. Joe's my partner here and making these things happen as well. Any final words? I, I think you've, you've really helped out all, all the parents uh, out there listening. Anything you want to add? I want to say thank you, Brian. I mean, I think what you're doing is incredible, right? Um, you're, you know, the, to bring awareness to it. I mean, I, I'm in the Delaware County area. Like, I don't know anybody who's doing anything like this. Um, so to bring awareness to, you know, the neurological disorder and to bring awareness, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like you said, um, you know, the, the avoidance therapy, right. It's, it's, um, you know, to, to understand that, you know, Jake's always going to stutter, but how do you deal with, you know, the iceberg and those kinds of things? So I, I think it's incredible what you're doing. I Thank mean, I, I love to see it and, you know, um, you know, get larger and larger. So we, we're just getting started. Uh, it, uh, it's going to take increasing amount of, of my time. Uh, it's interesting as you get into to your sixties, some people want to retire. I'm finding a whole second mountain here, uh, of work to be done. Maybe, maybe that'll keep me young and keep me alive longer. <laughs> like so, you will. So. I also wanted to say thank you for um, inviting us and pursuing this because saying we're in the we're in the Montgomery County area, no one is doing this. And I, I work in healthcare and for me to be a healthcare professional that has no clue of stuttering as a neurological disorder, I can't imagine how the general public and a parent that has no resources, how they feel. So if we can touch one family and help them, like I'm all for it. You will. Well, I'm, I'm getting about, about 40 listens of podcasts. I, I need to get up that up to a, a thousand okay. in the next we'll year. <laughs> so um, please go on to the Stuttering Springboard by, 
by the Nolan Stuttering Foundation. You can look up either one and it's on your little Apple, your podcasts are there. And the one coming out tomorrow morning early is pretty interesting with Chris Anderson, the author. So he's also an FBI agent who um, has reported into the last two FBI directors, Comey and Mueller. And um, they, Comey uh, gave him a 60 second block. He waited for him to uh, finish getting his word out. 60 seconds, this gentleman is speaking in front of the FBI director of the whole FBI. So that's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. Appreciate thank you guys you. very thank much. Thank you so much. We'll uh, hopefully you see you in May. You bet. Yes. Thank Thanks. you, Brian. See you, Charlene. Bye, Rodney. Bye, -bye. Bye now. Nolan Stuttering Foundations, or NSF's primary purpose is to bring young people who stutter together and help them become the best versions of themselves. We do this through programming design to help them share and navigate the unique communication and psychological challenge they experience. NSF helps prepare young people to take the next step in their lives, whether it's high school, college, or, or, or your, your career. For ideas and, and contributions to the podcast, contact us at info at nolansf.org.